Lexi and I'm a self-discovery coach and yoga instructor serving people through my business Alive to Enjoy and this is Heart Snuggles, a holistic wellness podcast where I invite guests to drop into their heart space through authentic conversations and compassionate intentions all in mini cuddly episodes. Do I have a special treat for you? Yoni Pleasure Palace is a divine woman-owned company that inspires women to slow down, to squirt, to heal sexual blocks, and learn to embrace their naked bodies shame-free. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Love it so much. And she's started incredible movements like Stop Sucking In, Own Your Starfish, and Central Eating. She has products like the Yoni Wand, Yoni Dildo, Crystal Wands, and a squirt blanket. So go get yourself some fun toys. Use the link in my bio, and I hope you experience immense pleasure. Welcome, Heart Snugglers. We're so happy you're here today and just wishing you a day full of peace and gratitude and maybe some mm. sprinkles of joy. Uh, I've got on a reoccurring guest, which I'm so excited. <laughs> so just give yourself a little introduction again. Yes. Hi. Oh my gosh. Anytime that I get to do anything with you, I'm just like the most jazz possible. But my name is Jasmine Kyleen. I'm a spiritual counselor and a journalist. and someone who is forever 14 and doing her best and yeah I'm just so excited to literally it's so funny because we hopped on and we we're like what are we talking about and I feel like that's the beauty of life it's just moving so fluidly yeah so it's like oh I'm so grateful you're here too and I just love that those people that you can just just have conversations with you know I mean this whole podcast isn't structured anyways but and I think that's the the best because conversations feel good when they're fluid Yes. I feel like anytime I interact with something that's like too structured or rigid, I find that like, I feel the need to stretch and expand beyond it. And like, sometimes I'll, I'll like feature on something where like, they'll send the questions beforehand or like, it's something that's, and I'm like, now we're thinking too much and I kind of want to move intuitively. So I'm yeah. just grateful for you, queen. Yay, yay, yay. And I wanted, to, I do want to talk about how I recently saw you posting um, all these spiritual meanings of symbols and animals and the importance of that and how, what that means. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to talk about. So on my Instagram, I typically will post like every now and then just a question and kind of see how people respond to it. Um, and it's typically a question reflective of like where I'm at in life. And right now I'm always working with animals and like animal totems, spirit animals and stuff. And like spiders have been very, very largely symbolic recently. And so I kind of wanted just to see where everyone else was at in terms of like what animals have been showing up, like what's been symbolic and synchronistic. And it opened up a really large conversation about like, what does it mean to move through life with awareness, you know? So yeah, I figured that'd be a beautiful thing for us to dissect a little bit. Please tell me more about spiders. I've always been so afraid of them. And my dad in, I think I was in, yeah, I was in elementary school. It was just me and my dad. And he's like, your science fair project is going to be on spiders. So you stop being afraid. And I was like, no. And then we did it and it didn't work. I'm still afraid of them after. And I, like to this day, I've gotten way better after living in Australia. I like had, to, I had to, but um, 
I still am like, they freak me out. I'm like, why am I freaked out about you? You just look a little ugly and creepy, but like, why does it make me scared? So tell me what you think. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, first of all, did you like, cause Australia, I feel like is the birthplace of spiders. Like, did you meet any of like the, um, so I didn't meet the scary, scary ones that are like the size of your like arm because of the outback, but I've, there, there was big ones that are like the size of your hand, like crawling on the ceiling sometimes. And that was scary, but honestly, overall, I did not see that many spiders there. Thank God. Okay. Well, that's, oh my gosh. I just, I scream, but yeah, no, I honestly have had like this really standard fear of spiders that most humans honestly have, which is such an odd thing because like, what is it about them in a relationship to other bugs that just makes them so like more, like there's just something about spiders, but, um, I've really come into a space where like, if I see them in my home, I don't kill them. Like I do everything that I can to just remove them. And like, upon being more intentional with that I've like grown a weird kind of fondness for them but they've been showing up recently a lot like I'll find like them on my altar they've been showing up in parks a lot and then like two days ago I was about to put on my shoe and there was a huge spider in my shoe and I was like okay girl I was like I get it they're loud and when it comes to symbolism spiders I mean they they symbolize so 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 much particularly sort of like creation right and manifestation and knowing that we have the innate power to create and write and form um, just through our energy, through our dialogue, but also like our innate talent and ability, right? Like the webs that they, you know, put together and stuff. Um, but also they represent because of their bodies are sort of like the shape of eight, which is like infinity. They represent the cycle of death and rebirth and how they're just sort of one, which is really, really, really large for me right now. Cause I feel like a big part of my identity is kind of dying and through that death, a large new part of my identity is being born. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, you just have to pay attention and kind of like connect the dots a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. There's always so many signs like constantly. And it's like sometimes- Do you have any animals that are coming up for you though? Like, or- Recently? Yeah. Hmm. Or just in life, like, has there been any animal that's really carried you through? There hasn't been like a certain animal. Mm. I'm trying to think recently what's been showing up. I mean, butterflies of always. I think that's been the thing I've been seeing the most this past like few weeks. There's so many butterflies around. So that's been nice. Oh, love. I love, I anytime, cause I'll go through my phases with butterflies but they're one of my favorite phases because like there's just something so ethereal and beautiful about like something that represents like just transformation really and letting yourself be free and be beautiful, you know? So go off. We love that for you. <laughs> yes oh and I love that about spiders too the uh birth and death it's like it's such a key element of life that we're not facing and I actually like I have a few episodes coming out about talking about death a lot like you know it's it's a part of life that we are so avoidant of in our society does not help us like become to terms with it and and it's not just death of humans it's like you're saying death of parts of yourself like grieving old parts of yourself grieving relationships that ended like death is such an expansive term that we kind of just put it into this like scary box of losing someone but it's actually so much grander than that oh my god you were speaking my language especially because like upon me needing to sort of like invite spiders into my world I've kind of had to like face a fear, right? Which I think is a large part of their symbolism, right? It's like, we are so known and conditioned to be like this like thing. And if you just like face us and then build intimacy with us, you'll find that like, there's something actually really sweet and, and beautiful about the wisdom you can take from us. 
And I think they've also sort of brought to the center my relationship with fear and the fear that I have of death fully. And like, I realize that I have such a large fear of death for many reasons, but ultimately I think the first one is because we're not allowed to create intimacy with it. Like it's supposed to be this thing that we never look at and we don't talk about. And I read a quote that really has like, I've anchored so much of my truth in, which is just like the person that has the most like intimacy with death, like lives the most freely and the most intentionally, right? Because of this idea that like, if you understand how precious our time here is, you are so much more aware and present with it. So yeah, I think cultivating a healthy relationship with death and like how you see it on a physical sense, but also like on a symbolic sense, like letting attachments to like narratives and versions of yourself actually die so that you can meet whatever is born from that is so important. So I'm glad that you're talking about that because girl, wow, it's big. Yes. yes. Wow. I love everything you said. And I, I remember I was in Australia and my friend sent me a book called Tuesdays with Maury. Have you read it? Mm-hmm. No, no. Okay. Must read for everyone. It's a pretty quick read and it's about, okay. ugh, I can't remember what he has, ALS. I think the grandpa gets ALS and it's basically a story of like how he accepts death and like how he knows he's wow. dying and he like embraces it and teaches his family to embrace it. And um, it's this beautiful journey. And like, I've experienced a lot of deaths by people close to me and suicide and death by plane crash and like crazy crazy things and um the more that I've leaned into it and like it's that's why I live so fully like everyone knows like I'm doing it whatever I want to do I'm going to go do it and it's because like I've really come to terms with death and really accepted it and I I'm not avoiding it anymore like I know it's here and it doesn't mean I'm like happy about it. Like, doesn't mean I'm just like, oh yeah, let's die, you know? Dying rocks, <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, okay, it's a it's a part of life and like things are going to die. People are going to die. And um, and the more I stopped fearing, like I used to literally, anytime I saw a graveyard, I would turn my head. I would like be so afraid of cemetery. Yeah. Like, I avoided yeah. looking at them. Like they yeah. spooked me out. But now I'm just like, sometimes it's, they're really beautiful spaces and, yeah, it's a whole thing, but I'm like, and I've even written um, my will out once and that really? was our eulogy, I think it's called. Um, yeah. I remember we had to do that for studying abroad. It was in our okay. thing and it was like, you guys need to do it just in case. Like it was this big thing. And I was like, absolutely not. Everyone was like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And, and, and then I kept hearing about it in some spiritual practices, like write out your own eulogy. And I was like, yeah. that's so scary. But then it's like, once you do it, it's like, wait, what do I want to be known for? Like, what impact do I want to create? Like, you know, and, and just yeah. like, once you start leaning into it, it unfolds so much. That, yeah. And that's so, I think even just that concept, right. Of like doing an act of like that solidifies dying, brings so much awareness to how you want to live is like the largest part of, I think, a spider's nectar in terms of like symbolism, because it like the whole idea you're supposed to walk away with especially with like the fact that their shape like infinity is this idea that like death is rebirth and rebirthing is death and like life and death are essentially the same exact thing so oh my gosh I I think I'm excited to listen to your podcast episode about it because I think I need to just get a bit more comfortable with it I will say like even just like me envisioning writing a eulogy I'm like oh girl no but I, I do, I will say that I have a very um, healthy relationship with like um, death and like identity and self, because I feel like I watch a lot of people 
be so afraid of change and be really attached to like versions of themselves or even like plans that they've made for themselves. And I'm so okay with like knowing that who I was, I feel like I die and am reborn every night, honestly. Like I feel like I wake up every single day a different person with different desires. And like, I'm okay with moving with that fluidity mm. instead of like, you know, being so attached to who I've like built a comfort zone in being. So yeah, I don't know. I think death shows up in a lot of different ways in life. And yeah, that kind of I'm comfortable with, but I need to see ourselves as, as vessels a bit more because I'm always like, oh girl, no. And that's okay to like, th- this journey, it's been a journey for me, you know, and I'm still, yeah, like, of course. I'm not like completely accepted. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally. I just think like, like you said, death and, and birth are on the same coin, just like love and fear and love and grief. And it's like, the yes. deeper you want to love, the deeper you're going to have to grieve. Like the deeper you open that oh. door of the unconditional love, like the more grief you have to feel. And it's just Isn't like, that something. the dualities of life are so confusing. It's like, how can I hold these two extremes at once? And that's what our, it, I find my life is like building that container to expand the, these holding these things. Yes. No, that's, that's literally it. I think that's the secret, honestly, to like self-liberation, especially because like, there's so many ways that we can look at emotion in a sense of duality. And like, I don't know, there's such a broad spectrum of things that you can feel. And it's, often pains me when I see people like really be obsessed with um what just maybe with happiness right like their sole mission in life is to experience happiness on a consistent basis and I'm just sitting here like that is one polar end that is such an extreme of like a wide spectrum of emotion that like you can move through and dance with and like that shows up in a lot of ways I think right now a large lesson in my life which I think spiders have also been teaching me a little bit. I mean, love that I just keep coming back to them, honestly. But like, um, I feel like there's maybe a one dimensional view that people have of me, right? That I'm like this being of love and light. And I find that almost expecting or rather like living life in alignment with how people expect me to be has made me demonize parts of myself that are dirty and like different and morbid. And like, I like, you know, I like a lot of horror movies and I like um I'm there's a lot of parts of me that are selfish and like easily irritable and I feel like I'm always trying to like fix and heal and conceal those parts of me and so coming into a space where I know that like so many extremes can exist at once and there's a large part of my shadow that I'm super super into um that will fuel the parts of me that are light and like not seeing them as separate is like a large thing right now so yeah I feel like that goes in alignment with what you were saying for sure wow that's just been a huge thing like I've noticed throughout my life but especially this past month is like yeah both you and I are these light beings that people can come to and yes you know like we 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 know how to cultivate that energy very well and yeah tap into it but then also like the expectations that they have of us and like I remember the first time this hit me uh yeah it was either it's like near my yoga training or something else and I like couldn't be happy for other people and I like couldn't be happy and have it together and that and then like people are like well what's you know like and I not maintaining that role was just like earth shattering to me I'm like fuck like I'm always this person how am I supposed to be all these other things but really I am so diverse I get frustrated all the time too like I like I there's so many parts of me too so yeah I can um, be a bitch and I'm like I need to be okay with knowing that like I can be a bitch you know like (laughs) I'm like that was mean (laughs) I'm like shit whoa but yeah so like 
like it's in there and it's so it's so normal and it's like when's the last time you got really raw with yourself and like got really truthful with like all parts of you because we're human and we are diverse bro totally and like recognizing the fact that like one part can't really exist without that other part like I feel like I need to know who I am within like my bitchiness in order to like show up as a person that I am when I'm holding space and when I'm cultivating it because like, they kind of need each other for rest and even like a large conversation I've been having recently, which, oh my God. Yeah. Like I was totally on some plant medicine and I like saw this huge spider in a park and I was like talking to it. Cause I, I fully thought it was my grandmother. I honestly still think it was, but like, it's fine. The point is that like a large thing that was coming up was, um, I was feeling really overwhelmed by what I assumed was life asking of me to like kind of kill off my inner child a little bit. Like I felt like I was kind of being forced to grow up in a lot of ways. And especially going through this pandemic, like there's such a weight that we probably don't even any longer realize we've been carrying um, that like, I think my inner child just wanted to put down so badly. And so I was sitting there realizing like, I, in me stepping into my adulthood, there's so much of my inner child that I have to let go of and I don't want to, I don't want to. And like the nectar that I was taking from that moment was realizing that like, it's not about killing off your inner child, but rather like integrating who that is into your adulthood and like redefining what adulthood means to you and knowing that like, in order to step into that space of responsibility, you need to help the inner child in order to really be able to give your inner child what she needs or they need or whatever like you need to also you know be in that space of responsibility with self so like in summation to that convoluted thing was just that there's so many ways um in which one parts of you needs that polar opposite part in order to exist and so it's all about finding the balance in the middle definitely. yeah that's so beautiful that must have been a earth shattering yeah. thing to be like my inner child needs to die you're like no way that's true that's not true because <laughs> i'm such I'm such a kid. Like, if you know anything about me, you know that like sacral chakra healing and inner child healing are like me. Like, it's just all about sensuality and play. And like, I was being given so many responsibilities, so many like sobering truths to look at. And I was like, how can I continue life as a 14 year old if it's asking of me to be like really 25 right now? And yeah, and it's recognizing the fact that like, what I've done is I've sort of taken keywords from what I feel um, embody my childhood, which was this like independence and imagination um, and adventure and like making sure that within my adulthood, those are at the forefront and, and anchored, you know, and even if I manifest them now within like 25 year old context, right? So like imagination may not look like what it looked like when I was a kid, but I'm still, you know, being imaginative, just knowing that I'm, I'm keeping that energy alive is important for sure. I think that's huge. And I hear it all yeah. the time. Like I'm hearing it more and more about people taking themselves so seriously and it's like that's not serving yeah. them you know it's like that is fuck that's not it and um, no. I used to too actually like I didn't I feel like as a kid I was serious I didn't get to experience the playfulness because it right. was a what do you call it personified adult or personified child whatever the thing where you have to like be an adult as a child being like yeah yeah and then uh -huh. like raise yourself and you know I had to grow up right. so fast and so I remember too like people like being silly and I, I would be like that's not funny and they're like, well, yeah, but like, you know, just laugh at it. Like, aren't you a Capricorn too? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I could see that very easily. <laughs> and so I used to just like take life so serious. I'm like, that didn't make me laugh. And they're like, well, you know, and people were just like, wait, like, this is awkward now. And I just took life so serious. And I was like, this isn't fun. Like, why am I not just like making fun of everything and healing too? Like, 
Oh, if you make healing like this super serious structured journey, like that isn't it either. And like just bringing light and playfulness, I find is the best. And you are right. Like I have been kind of disconnected from that grounding structured energy and I'm now tapping back into it. And I'm like, oh, this feels so good. Like, yes, having the combination of the two, because like I can, I don't have to lose that playful energy, but like having structure and some responsibilities are good yes I have no responsibilities but I know oh my god I know that would be the most idea if I could just be like a koala that just like lives in a tree but I realized yeah it's, it's the integration so for me it looks like like I have a schedule like I have like a daily schedule like at the time that I wake up and how long I meditate and when I work but like I will schedule in play like I'm like from four to six you're not doing anything. And when that time arrives, your body will let you know what she wants to do. Maybe she wants to go outside and run around or like color. I literally have like all these color pencils like right next to me. Um, yeah, so just like making sure that like within this like structured adulthood I'm living in that like I'm, I'm infusing it with light and play. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like a lot of us need oh. to do that, like schedule in mind, but not schedule and play. And it's like, let's do that you know like let's let's actually make that part of our schedule make that part of our routines and I know that was um when I was doing a lot of inner child healing like ladybugs and dragonflies <laughs> were like the most symbolic animals that were showing up a lot so like for anyone listening if any of them were coming up for you um yeah you gotta hold that inner child's hand darling she needs she needs some some time some space yes and I, I want to touch on this earlier too, how we were talking about like everyone's so scared of spiders and it's like this uh, conditional fear because all fear is taught to us, you know? And so yes, it's like why, why is that being passed down? And I'll see kids and, you know, and I'm like, when I, when I see a kid that's afraid of spiders, I'm like, is, you know, and then I'll meet their parents because I babysit and I'm like, oh, okay, the mom's terrified of spiders. She passed that on or like, or I see kids that are playing in the dirt and playing with worms, playing with bugs. And it's like their parents didn't teach them to be afraid of those things. And so, yeah, it's really interesting how we, have chosen spiders to be afraid of and I wonder what it is like I'm not afraid of being hurt by spiders like that's not it like it's yeah so it's super weird I know that is I love that you brought that up because I'm so I'm so fascinated with conditioned fear genuinely especially because like when you really step outside of it and look at it like butterflies (laughs) I mean yeah spiders are arachnids but like butterflies and spiders are both bugs they're both bugs and one we glorify and like have made oh it's so I'm realizing I'm saying this and like my pen jar literally has like a spider on it which I have you okay girl um but yeah so like they're both bugs but because we've deemed one as beautiful and one as scary we've just kind of gone with that narrative but when we break it down it's like up close like if you really look at a butterfly like that's just scary and if you look at like a spider you can see how intricate they're built and and see the beauty in them as well like it's just all about sort of like um really finding the source of what it is that you fear and questioning that and questioning that and questioning that right like go to the root of why it is that you feel the way you feel about certain things and feel empowered enough to like redefine I feel like that's been a really large thing in my life I feel like I've done a lot of work in my journey as far as like unlearning Um, which I feel like healing is really just consistently unlearning fun but like I'm kind of at the point now where I get to redefine like I had to actively unlearn what it meant to be successful by like society's terms and now I'm redefining what it means for me and so yeah I'm redefining my fears too I'm not choosing to fear um spiders I had like a spider bite the other day and I was like 
okay, so at some point there's a spider on my body and I'm accepting that because it is what it is, you know, like they're probably ants on my body too, you know, like just coming back to the power that you have when it comes to like, I get to choose what I'm scared of and I can choose to not be scared of anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Yes, yes, yes. And that made me sad when you were saying that, like thinking about how, you know, like we're scared of the ugly thing and like even yes. in beauty standards, even in with race, like we're taught like, yes, fuck is racism like oh it makes me so like who does it's not real it's not real it's taught it's so upsetting it's like such awful illusions and it's really important to shatter them and to like take a look at them why are spiders ugly yeah (laughs) like why because they have a lot of legs i mean i get it like my body responds as well because i'm like okay like alien like but why yeah, but like, yeah, you, you look at some moths and stuff too. Like moths are technically kind of butterflies and they're fucking creepy looking. So yeah, yes. it's weird. Oh my God. Moths were very symbolic um, in my journey as well. I have to like talk about all the animal, animal symbolism, but like they're very drawn to light. So if moths come up for you, it's important to recognize the ways in which you maybe um, are feeling drained, um, which has shown up symbolically in my life as well. But like, um yeah they're so attracted to light that sometimes you can sort of be the light that moths are attracting and by moths it could be you know people who are when you're so accessible are really used to like you know sort of feeding off of your light and recognizing when you need to shut that light off and recalibrate and rejuvenate and when it's time to turn it back on so yeah just bringing up moths that's another symbolic animal (laughs) that's a big one um let's talk more tell me tell us all the more symbolisms so if people are receiving different animals or bugs in their life what does it mean the ones you know oh my gosh all the buggeroos um I mean from I mean and of course everything means what you decided to mean there's also so many different forms of of symbolism I feel like and this is the conversation that's come up for me talking about animal symbolism which is just like the universe is so vast so generous so large but ultimately so responsive and the more that you set intention and speak out loud what it is that you need the more that you're going to get that form of communication, whether it's through like repeating numbers, through colors, through random signs, synchronicities, lyrics that stand out in songs, and of course, animals. So like, if you're in a space in life where you're like, damn, I haven't really felt, you know, like I've noticed, like, why aren't you noticing? What is it that you're distracted by? And why aren't you aware? Why aren't you, you know, communicating with this universe that you were born from and bred from? Um, So yeah, so everything kind of means whatever, makes sense for you individually for sure but for me um for example hawks I went through a period where like hawks were very very symbolic for me they were showing up a lot um which is weird because we don't really have a lot of those in Florida so the fact that I was seeing them I was like okay girl but um they are animals that can see both up close and aerial perspectives equally well like equally sharply so they embody this idea of perspective and not only seeing things up close and the details of them but seeing the larger picture and like being which I think is huge like being empowered by the fact that like the perspective that you choose is the experience that you have of the thing and so yeah so like that's another animal but just pay attention honestly pay attention to the numbers the signs all of it just be awake I think that's yeah so true and as with everything like you said like you you do get to choose own meetings and yes you can google it and see what comes up and see if it resonates or if you have an oracle deck that animals like see if you know that feels good and yes there's like you know generalized things but you can also like you were saying like 
ask like i was just talking to my therapist about this ask for signs like say you're deciding yeah. something be like universe god source whatever you believe in say give me a sign of a butterfly give me a sign of a flower give me a sign of whatever like by today by this week and see what comes you know and yes and you can ask for like give me some numbers you know or it's just it's like you you're what i've been learning is like the your guides your whatever you you know people whoever you believe in yes you, they, they don't cross boundaries so you have to ask them to enter your life you have to ask for those signs to come in because um yeah, yeah. It's, they're really respectful in that way and so yes. but they're always wanting to help you and always want to support you and they're always there with unconditional love so it's like just just oh you just have to ask thank you for bringing that up because that is important to recognize like there is a boundary that's being respected and it's important to not only feel like liberated enough to ask, but like feel, just feel like you're even deserving of being receptive of an answer. You know, I feel like a lot of periods in my life, like I would ask, but it was coming from almost a source of like, I already wasn't expecting it. Like I was like, I'm gonna ask because like, of course, like that's what everyone says to do, but like this stuff never happens for me or like, it's not actually going to show up. And like, that's an energy that you're feeling it with. So like, obviously it's not, but when you step into a period of like, no, I am not separate from earth. I'm not separate from divinity. I am divinity. And so me communicating with the universe is ultimately me communicating with myself and, and opening yourself up to that truth. It's insane how quickly, like for me, pennies are super symbolic. So I'm like, Hey, angels, I'm gonna need some pennies because I'm going through it. Like I will just find like these face up pennies and random walks of life. And I'm like, shout out. Oh, it's so beautiful. And, and this is again, incorporating that, like, this is how the journey started for me too. Cause I was like, yes. I was very my master. And I was like, I don't believe in this. Like, no, like this ain't real. And, you know, having that energy, but then it's like, wait, when I embodied my inner child and allowed that imagination to come about, it's like, what if, what if I could, what if this was real? What if I could get some signs? Like what if, yes. and then, and then when you open that door of possibility, that's when it floods in. And like you said, it, it is, it's just, you're, you like it is just you communicating and it's like your inner knowing your inner wisdom and um when yes. you open up that door like some people are like angel numbers aren't real and i'm like well it's more fun it's way more fun to like believe that they're real than to not believe like you get to choose like fuck it what if it isn't real but like then you have nothing like every time i see an angel number it gets me excited and happy and like feels like it fills me up whereas if i want to believe in anything and it's just like you know it just it's that extra layer we're gonna have the same exact experience but we're gonna feel differently in opposed in relationship to like what perspective we choose so like a person could also be seeing those numbers and not see any meaning to them and like what a muted mundane gray life that is as opposed to like having that same experience but choosing to derive joy from it and choosing to derive connection from it ultimately shifts your vibration and invites in more of that feeling so it's just like it's in your best interest to choose to believe really like it's just it, it yeah totally which no, is like, so funny like because of course like as a Capricorn I'm sure you were in a space where you were like girl that's not like you know what I mean and it's like it's so beautiful to see that oh yeah it was definitely took me a while but like like we're yeah you just said and I was just saying it's like you get to yeah. choose your perspective and the more you choose like the more I experience it and it's so it's like there's no bad side effects of, of believing in something greater than yourself and you have a specific like is there some way that you communicate with the universe that's very specific to you like is there a specific flower or like a specific number that you get I get numbers all I see angel numbers like 30 times a day but 
I've recently been seeing a lot of two, two, twos and four, four, fours. And then three, three, three is my favorite number. I love three, three, three. I don't know what any of them mean in particular, but I see them a lot. I, yeah, there's only a few, like I know five, five, five is change. Um, eight, eight, eight is, uh, money and abundance. Yeah. yeah. Um, we love that. Nine, nine, nine is like endings, but, um, that's honestly that's iconic I know I remember like watching a really scary movie when I was a kid and like it was about some like owl that I think was like secretly like a demon or something I don't know but like the owl would show up at the person's window every night at 333 and so I remember for so long like and I watched that when I was like maybe 11 so like for so long I thought like angel numbers were scary or like at least 333 was so scary so it's so cool to like be in a space where I'm like, oh no, I'm completely alchemizing this belief and like, you know. And 666, like that's actually not a bad number either. No, no. And I I, I would see 666 sometimes and be like, is this an omen? And if anything, it's a number to like bring you back to awareness of like, hey, how are you thinking? Like, are you, has your inner dialogue shifted? Like, you know, kind of come back to self which I think is such an important reminder it's all about that duality and like you know living within you know integrating shadow and light for sure yes yes <laughs> green. and I know you do reading so talk about that oh my god oh, we're having <laughs> a huge topic <laughs> which is I want to wrap up with you and your readings because I haven't gotten one which I will but yeah oh wait oh like oh like doing an uh, you mean astrology readings Yes, yes. Girl, I thought you meant like, what am I reading? And um, I was going to be like, I'm reading this book. Okay, yes, side note. Also, yes. Sorry, what are you reading? I love books. I'm reading this <laughs> crazy book. It's so good. Ooh, Enchanted Love. Oh, I, I haven't heard of it. Does she have a deck though? I feel like I recognize that, like, fonts. Um, no, I don't know. Maybe. It's called The Mystical Power of Intimate Relationships. And it is mind blowing. It's all about, like, how romance. It's just so good. So. That's what I'm reading. What thank you. you. I'm totally gonna read. Okay, well, mine is called um Earth, the Pleiadian Keys, the Living Library. And like I just want you to look how crazy this cover is. Oh. Essentially, the author like channeled Pleiadian beings, which are like an alien <laughs> like, sect, oh. and like delivered all of their messages. It sounds insane, but it's probably been the most liberating book I've ever read because in short, aliens are dope and are trying to help humanity. Anyway, though um as far as astrology readings go yes I am an astrologer so yeah I've been doing a ton of readings recently too I'm a little bit burnt out actually low-key um I think it's because this Lionsgate energy that we just went through was such a period of like how have I been standing in my own power and how am I ready to like really recommit to living in my in like in my truth basically so a lot of people have been coming to me for it and I'm like super excited because I'm like listen this is the time honey this is the time to be your most authentic and loud self but yeah I do astrology readings and I think ultimately what's different about my reading specifically is that I do my best to infuse empowerment through them like we look at purpose and we look at strength and we look at like how can I live um in alignment with my strength so yeah if anyone ever wanted to book a one-on-one they can do that <laughs> yes I'm sure they're so magical so fun and how did you learn is it just self-taught or or dumb? yeah well I've been interested in in astrology for like as early as I can remember like genuinely since I was a kid and I think within the past like five years I took it much much more seriously because I realized so many people were coming to me already so I was like maybe I should actually provide structure for this 
like thing that I have an interest in. So I went to, um, it was virtual, but I did um, Oak Astrology School and I really learned like the fundamentals and the tools behind it, but also not losing like my essence. Like I think there's a way that I approach astrology that's like, you know, specific and unique that I don't want to lose through like structure. But um, yeah, I just think it's, it's such a beautiful way to further connect yourself to the universe. I think the way that, you know, we build relationship with um, just what's outside and what's larger than us um, can make us feel, I don't know, more empowered and more whole. So yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're Capricorn. I just love Capricorn women, honestly, because I think that like they're, and obviously of course we're all like individual charts. So like not all Capricorn women are the same, of course, but like um, the way that earth sign women in particular build such a healthy relationship with their masculinity. Like there's other signs that I feel, for example, cancer, which is the polar opposite of Capricorn cancer is almost like fear masculinity and, and have an uncomfortable relationship with like what it means to be in that state. And Capricorns harness that in such a beautiful way that it's so inspiring to me. Like my camping chart. <laughs> yes, no, but like actually. Yeah. And what are your other signs? What's your moon and your rising? I know you're Aquarius, but right. Yes. Yeah, so I'm an Aquarius sun. I'm a Leo moon. So I was born on a full moon because I'm like polar opposite ones. Yeah. It's, there's a lot going on there. And then I'm a Sagittarius rising, which is why I'm like so like loud and excited to live life. <laughs> what are yours? I'm a Gemini moon. So my mind is all over the place. Yes. And I'm a Taurus rising. Oh, I, 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 I was, I was assuming that you were a Taurus moon because of what Taurus energy you have. So Taurus rising makes so much sense. Gemini moon is iconic. I love that for you. Oh my God. I think, you know what? Jim Carrey has that exact chart. Wow. Oh, that's a fun person to emulate. That's so interesting. I'll have to look more into him. Maybe watch a movie tonight or something. Yes. Oh my God. No, he's an icon. What about the Taurus do you see in me? Oh my God. I think outside of the fact that you're literally just like an earth goddess, like there's something about Tauruses, A, that are so, um, they have such an intimacy with like their senses. Like they like to smell good things. They like to be in comfortable spaces. Like they really like to nourish all of their senses. And also they harness sensuality. So they're ruled by the planet Venus alongside Libra, which is like the planet of femininity, which is why I think you have that duality in terms of like standing in your masculinity and standing in your femininity, because it's something that's like in your skin. So it makes so much sense why you're a Taurus rising. Cause it's like <laughs> the first thing that you see is like this um, element of sensuality, which is really, really, really dope. So you're Venusian led, go off. You own that. Girl, you know what? I'm just going to give you a reading at some point. Like let's set it up because like being Venusian led, my mom has Venus in her first house too. So like, there's just this element of like, you can control through your charm, honey. <laughs> yeah, I definitely can. <laughs> Steve. it's totally. so funny and speaking of parents like yes have you noticed that you've ever dated people that have the like same signs as your parents oh my god fortunately and like unfortunately yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally like I realized and I think a lot of it stemmed from like my unhealed dad stuff came through in the ways that like I would date dudes a lot that resembled and like emulated his like innate distance mm-hmm. um but I realize now coming into like healing with all the different parts of myself and all the different parts of like parent stuff, what I look for, for like men and in women is like kind of the energy that my mom embodies a little bit of like, she's very grounded. 
she's a Virgo and like there's something about her that's really stable and I think I kind of need that in a partner because I'm so neurotic <laughs> so yeah you guys are my type how about you <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah I I my mom's a Gemini um yeah I actually I don't think I've ever dated a Gemini but I've never done my mom's chart I've never done either of my parents charts but my dad's a Scorpio and I've definitely dabbled in that so Oh, wow. That's intense. Yeah. I haven't dated either of those signs, nor do I feel like I have interest in it. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I actually don't, what is the technical like match for Capricorn? Do you know? I mean, I know. Ooh, you know. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's so based on charts, well, but like, I don't like, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like because um, there's something that is so grounded and centered about Capricorns, typically what would like, balance out that energy as someone who is more explorative and like will bring out that exploration from within you mm-hmm. um even though you have a gemini moon so you're probably already like explorative enough but yeah there's just like a there's a duality my ex was a capricorn but like sometimes i was like you're just a boulder like move <laughs> you know? that's yeah. i think i usually don't resonate with capricorns but that's why it's 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 like you said like your chart is everyone's so different and there's so many parts to your chart and your charts and your houses too like if you have something in your first house that's going to be so much more pronounced than even your sun sign so yeah totally it's yeah that's cool okay well thank you so much and definitely get a reading done by her what else are you offering thank you yeah we host conversation parties digitally i mean virtually and in person if you're in south florida um i do one-on-one readings and spiritual counseling sessions if you're into that i also have a youtube um I, I don't know, girl, I'm all over. Just follow me and you'll figure it out. I do a lot of stuff. I'm tired, honestly. Yeah, no, you're good. You got so much going on. So definitely check out her page. I'll put it in the bio and get yourself some little doses of Jasmine. <laughs> yes, I also have a color giving line if you want to buy a tea. But otherwise, just honestly, thank you, Lexi, because anytime I do anything with you, it's just, I feel so at home. Yes, me too. I'm so excited. Well, thanks again. And We hope you notice the symbols in your life. Yes.